Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Edit audio. Hello, everyone. I'm Robin Hopkins, and this is Well Adjusting, where I talk to people about life stuff, but not in an NPR way. It's more like we're at the bar, having cocktails, getting into your business sort of way. It's it's giving drunk NPR. Oh, and producer Steph is here, too. Hello. Today we chat, well, neurodivergitude. Now, don't worry, that's a word that, that will make sense soon. Keep listening. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello. Oh my God, we are so frigging excited to share today's episode with you. This is a chat with a fella named Myron. And over the last few years, he has been figuring out a lot of stuff about himself. He's recently been diagnosed as neurodivergent, which is an update to an ADHD diagnosis from when he was young. And he's also discovered, although actually I think that's like the wrong word. That that doesn't feel right. No, he's he's claiming that he's pansexual and demisexual. Living into it. Right, right. And I don't think that I am overhyping it, but it is a really special conversation. Oh, yeah. I mean, each week, as you know, we like talk to someone and unravel a problem that they're having or working through. Mm-hmm. But with Myron, the conversation was much more about us listening. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was talking about the masks that he has to wear in his everyday life. And honestly, I just feel like I learned so much. I think a lot of the time at these conversations, we feel like we learn a lot. But this one felt especially important and lovely. And I I don't know. I just love Myron. I love Myron, too. The learnings from what Myron said, they're undeniable to anyone, whether you're neurodivergent or not, because I I don't know who couldn't benefit from identifying something about yourself and then setting up systems that work best for you or Mm -hmm. from claiming your greatness or learning to stop bending to everyone else's will. I mean, I don't don't know, Steph, I feel like I'm I'm on a tangent here and I should stop and we should just get into it. What do you think? (laughs) Let's go, Myron. Let's go, Myron. That's weird. (laughs) I made it weird again. Hi, my name is Myron Parks, and I'm super happy to be here today. And the question typically comes up when people ask, well, what do you do? And the answer that I've come to is, well, I do whatever I want. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Okay, I love that. Last year, I had an amazing journey of self-discovery. And... 
I'm on the, on the other side of that now, realizing that I was actually in burnout for about five years. And so I came today to talk about my journey and to talk about what it is to now live like as my full entity, like unapologetically. Mm-hmm. What were the discoveries that you came to or that you that you were struggling with? Yeah. So the first one that I found was that ADHD is actually not cured when you take the medication. So I have had ADHD diagnosed since I was 18. I'm 46. Um, so I have had ADHD diagnosis forever, but it was primarily hyperintensive type or, or mm-hmm. the, you know, hyperactive type or whatever. And so I got Ritalin, but by and large, 20, 30 years ago, when you got Ritalin, that was essentially, yo, like you're cured. And so we can start punishment now. Oh yeah. And now so, we can start keeping you in line. Yes. And I didn't know I was autistic at the time. So one of the things about autism that I'm learning is that that you can actually go on to burnout for a long time. And it, it's caused primarily if you if you live your life allistically or or masking neurotypical, mm-hmm. you won't get your needs met. So like, for example, a normal person can deal with lights like these. They may be too bright, but but you can deal a, a person can deal with them. Whereas me, I actually need blue, purple, orange, pink light. And if I don't get that, then my energy decreases. And after a while, when I have no energy, then I melt down. Right. And there's a certain thing that happens, frankly, to a black male Mm -hmm. that yells at someone, even a single time, even if the apology is immediate, and even if the voice is never raised before. Because with autism, I can't control my face. Right. I don't know what it does. Yeah, no poker face. I don't know what it's doing 90% of the time. Right. And as I'm talking to you, I can only focus on one point of focus. Right now, I'm focusing on your eyes, Robin. And Steph, you're completely invisible to me. But this is how, like, I don't catch social cues. Yeah. Typically, if I'm focusing on, like, a problem, I don't want, I don't want anything else to happen but the problem. And so that can look very rigid. Right, because you have the path that you need to be on. Right, yeah. So how has that been processing that? It, it's, it's, been, it's been, the discovery part was really, really interesting and difficult because I had no idea that I had never had my peace. Like I was always burning energy for something. And so when, you're, when I'm right. out of energy, that's when I explode. Well, that makes sense. Like when you're when you're done, you're 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 done. Mm-hmm. You you mentioned at, at the top that you said that you always knew that you were ADHD. You just said that then there was that discovery portion that oh, there's something else that's going on here. Yeah. How old were you, and when did that piece get put together? Yeah, that was like last June. So that's really recent. Yeah, yeah. And so what I all of a sudden found, and so this was, a, this was another thing that was, that was challenging for my interpersonal and professional relationships, is that I realized that all of a sudden, so I'm looking at the, the, uh, the feelings wheel. Mm-hmm. Let me, there's, there's an actual reference. I want to give the, the, the doctor credit. Uh, so it's the Godman Institute's feelings wheel by uh, Dr. Gloria Wilcox. Okay. I wanted to make sure to give Dr. Gloria Wilcox her due. But like in the center of it, it says like sad, mad, scared, joyful, powerful, peaceful. And that's that's cool. Now, I was able to get by 
with like mad, mm-hmm. scared, mm-hmm. and hungry. Hungry's <laughs> not on here. Myron, I feel like we might have a lot in common, you yeah, and I. Yeah, <laughs> I think so too. Hungry was a trauma. Yeah. But as an adult, I had uh, mad, hostile, selfish, frustrated, furious, irritated, and skeptical. And so I went thinking that I had a full set of emotions. Right. And I didn't. But when I lost the more advanced ones, I was just sitting there with mad, like mad, anxious, sad, and like angry. And there was only a few. Yeah. And so I, I felt like there was something going on. And so I went and I found a neurodivergent coach. And wait, can I have to ask you what made you, what, what gave you the clue that you should do that? Yeah. So I actually studied neuropsychology based human development. And I'm a system thinker. Like I, I like to tell people that I, I, as an autistic person, I have the mastermind trait. I can figure out systems. Yep. So I had a, a, a social worker that was working on CBT with me, but I was like, this isn't the problem. I know all this stuff and I studied CBT mm. and all this other stuff. And so this isn't it. So I found a neurodivergent coach. The first one was all about skills and I fired that one. So I found another <laughs> neurodivergent coach. <laughs> And they were like, what do you want to do? I was like, I want to do anything but work. I want to be comfortable. I want to figure out who I am. And my neurodivergent coach, if you don't mind me sharing, Lisa Hicks, has been amazing for me. Because she she created an environment where I was at the center of what I wanted to do. Hmm. Like my enjoyment, my comfort. And yeah. so now, like, there's a bunch of shit that I won't do because I'm autistic. Talk about that a little bit. Like, you know, you've said, like, I want to do, I mean, a little bit, like, I'm going to do what works for me. How is that playing out in your life? And how is that working? Like, and what does that look like? Yeah. So the first thing is I did is I completely controlled my schedule. What that means mm-hmm. is, in general, I start my days around 10 o'clock, 1030, 11 o'clock, 1130, 12 o'clock. I get an assessment of what my energy is for that day. Uh, and the minute that I, that I run out of energy, I stop doing things. Uh, for example, yesterday I was going to get a mask fitting for my N95 mask. Cause I'm going to be doing a, a live event next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have a new mask that's, I think is super fucking awesome. Uh, and <laughs> I got a call from that was something that's really important. And so I actually had to make mind space and prepare for it. And that call was the end of my energy for the day. So I didn't go and get the mask fitting. Now that call was actually canceled anyway. And so my team was like, yo, then go to the mask fitting, just do it. And I was like, no, my spoon's already burned. Because the prep wore you out. Whether I had, yeah, whether I had that meeting or not, that was something I had not allocated my energy to that I had to activate. It's like you've learned who you are you, you've got all this new information about who you are and what you need, and you're paying attention to that, which like fucking kudos. Like, I know what I need sometimes, and then I disrespect it, and I'm yeah. only hurting myself. Like, I say that Fuck to my yeah. kids all the time. I'm like, you're so mad at me that you went to Dunkin' Donuts. Boy, you really, you really showed me. I'm like, you only hurt yourself. You right. know, you don't brush your teeth. You're only hurting your own teeth. Right. So it's like, I think it's really wonderful that you're, that you're really doing all that. Um mm-hmm. But then the next question has to be, how do you make that work? Like, how can, you know, in a world that isn't necessarily designed for yeah, that. It's, it's designed for the opposite. How are you making that work? Uh, it's, it's energy management. So, like, that was the first thing that I worked on with Lisa, my, my neurodivergent coach. 
Mm-hmm. It's this idea that, okay, so like you have energy, right? So like there are things that are easy for you to do. Everything else takes energy for you to attempt. And so you manage that. So for example, yesterday I was like, okay, all right. The opportunity cost of me taking this phone call is $50. Now the upside of having this conversation with this person is unlimited, unlimited potential. So the opportunity cost is correct. The average person though would have been like, all right, well, I said I was going to do this and this is the second time I rescheduled, so I have to do it. No, fuck that. Oh, yeah, I would have 100% done that. Right? I'll reschedule as many times as it takes. And if it winds up not being important or if you don't want to do it, don't do it. I'll figure it out. But how do you make that work with work? Like how Easy. with like we got we got to pay rent and shit. How are you making that work? Yes. And so so the first thing I do is I, when I work with clients, the first thing you do is you have to like you have to unmask your home. Wherever you go to get your you, you, energy wait, wait, back. You've mentioned masking a bunch of times. Can you tell people what that is? Yes. So right now I'm masking. I'm masking hard. I'm like looking at y'all and shit. And I'm not, I'm not playing a video game. Right. Like if I was doing this unmasked, I would do something like this. I'm actually most comfortable. It takes way less energy for me to talk to you like this. Got it. Turn sideways nuts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. Because you you, there's a connection that has to happen. Right. So like for me, like I'm connected to your brain because I can hear you. I don't need to look at you. I don't need to look at anyone at any time ever. And so those are the kinds of things, very simple like that. I can sit on an eight-hour call now because I know I can turn my camera off and I know when I need to take breaks. Yeah. And so so you manage your energy. So the first thing I would say is, is, is get like unmask your home. Make your home super, super comfortable for you. On the mirror in the bathroom that I use, I actually have a list of, okay, brush your teeth first. Use the pointy end first. Uh, take this first, then take that, and then have your, your snack with your Vivance. And then if you're going to have a food snack, do two servings of anything and then wait 15 minutes. Set your time timer. Then if you are smoking weed, take four hits and then set your time timer and wait 15 minutes. And so my, my, my What's, home- What happens at 15 minutes after the weed kicks in? <laughs> yes, <kidding>. exactly. That <laughs> is when- for my body, that's yeah. when I know the weed that I've taken has hit. Because yeah. I have time blindness. You've probably heard of time blindness before when it comes to neurodivergent people. We'll never turn the finance reports in on time. We'll never be on time to the meeting. No matter what time it is, where whether it's 5.30 a.m. or 10.30 p.m., we are three to seven minutes late. Every time. And your notes and things like that don't help with that? Mm-mm, I don't sense time. Uh, writing notes and things in there and of that nature ahead of the uh, of, ahead of the event is planning, right? And that doesn't that doesn't work for a person like me. So what do you do? Well, um, I do a number of things, but I make it so that, like, when I walk in the room, I don't need much. The first thing I tell people to do is is make your life easier. Start at home where you can control your entire environment. If you mm-hmm. recharge at home you will have the energy to support your family. I have an image of a jar with like grains of rice in it. And that grains of rice is all the amount of time that you're able to mask. And there's it's limited. It's finite. And so if I'm hearing you right, you're saying when you're in your house, you can't be touching that supply because you need it to go out and work. You need to, mm-hmm. to, to be in a system that doesn't support you. Absolutely. So in your home, you want to set it up so that you don't have to touch your grains of rice. Yes. Yeah. You've done all this work. 
but you're obviously here to talk to us. So like, what is the thing that's still nagging at you? Now I need clarity. So last year and the year before, my goal was I want to be comfortable. Now, the reason I expanded that for a year, because, you know, people typically will do a, a year for one, a goal for one year. I don't care. Like the goal is the goal. As long as it is the goal, my goal is clarity. So I know I have the first few pages of the right user guide. When I didn't have the full book, I was always afraid. Mm. Like, like not afraid. I was anxious and worried because I didn't, I didn't know what I could do and I didn't know what was coming. Now this year, I'm going to work and I'm going to press my team um, and myself to define the edges. What are the limits of the things that I can do so that I'm a lot more actualized and I have the full span of what I can do. And then the next goal is going to be, okay, get to work in the best way that you can. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Hey, friends. I wanted to tell you about a podcast that I think you are going to like. Okay, Bill Burke is the host of the weekly podcast, Blue Sky, where he interviews individuals tackling the world's most significant challenges with hope and optimism. Sounds right up your alley, right? Exactly what we thought. All right, it's brought to you by the Optimism Institute, which was also founded by Bill, to sprinkle a bit of positivity on your view of the future, especially with the media often showing us just the gloomier side of things. On Blue Sky, you're going to hear optimism about topics on everything from climate change and AI to homelessness and immigration and more, and they're offering diverse perspectives. You're going to finish each episode feeling brighter about the world and optimistic about our collective future. The name Blue Sky, well, it's inspired by a meditation prompt symbolizing the idea that beyond the clouds, there's always blue sky, encouraging a broader perspective. The Blue Sky podcast is available for listening on all major podcast platforms, inviting everyone to look beyond the clouds and embrace a more hopeful view of the future. I'll tell you what, I'll be listening. I'm identifying all the tools that I have. And so what does that look yeah. like? That is me getting a formal uh, autism diagnosis, which I'm going to do this year. Yep. I have my uh, ADHD diagnosis revised. And spoiler alert, it's actually the super rare uh, combined type ADHD. And it's treated a different way. But the autism piece is going to give me access to, for example, a service dog. Because... When I walk around outside, I prefer to walk around like I'm in grade six and just really enjoying the skies and the butterflies and just thinking about two or three th things at the same time. 
I'd rather do that. Like yeah. when my wife walks down the street with me, she actually holds my arm so I don't walk out into traffic and I fucking love it. <laughs> it sounds I like you found that. just the right match for you. Yeah. We have strong reason to believe that she may be autistic as well. But like most mm, women, that's interesting. she has all the autistic thinking or a lot of the autistic thinking inside of her head. But outside, similar to me, I like men who are like me, particularly in North America, certainly in the United States, certainly in the Midwest, they beat our asses to be tough. But women, mm-hmm. they beat women's asses to be compliant. Mm. Yeah. And so with the assessments that there are for autism, you're hardly ever going to find women. Yeah. While we're talking about relationships, I know in the pre-call, you spoke about sort of getting clear on who you are and your identity. And a part of that that was brought into it was like discovering queerness Mm -hmm. or like looking into that. Yeah. Um, Can we talk about that a bit? Absolutely. And so like that was my neurodivergent coach also like. Like she realized she was queer and like for the longest time, I didn't understand how is it possible for someone to come out as queer and they've been married for like 10 years. I'm like, yo, is that like clout or what? But <laughs> it's like, it's like, that's the, that's the benefit of having like um, a coach that, that, that is living the life experience, mm-hmm. but also has interventions and actually has tools like, like um, I was born in 1977 and I will tell you in Chicago in 1977, particularly as a black dude, uh, like there was, there was a man and then there was something else. Yeah. That was not a path you were going to walk down at that time at that place. Right. So there was being a man and then there was nothing. So I was like, okay, all right, well, I guess I'll be a man. And then society jumped in and only socialized me how to physically interact with women. In a romantic way. Yeah. Now, I know, I always know, I, I've always known that, that there are three or four men in my lives that if they were interested for two seconds, it would have been on. Yeah. I am a, I am a demi-pansexual. So like a demisexual piece is like you have to have a very strong connection with someone to be able to, to romantically like be involved. Yeah. Whereas a pansexual is... Like any entity is an option. And it's not, it's not, it's not a hedonist. That's not what this is. It's that, that, that you're looking for an entity that will love you. And that's, that's yeah. it. And, and so, it's the person. Right. As a, as a, as a, I like to use entity. I've leveled it up. Okay. Because for okay. an autistic person, I'll go with you. Right. So here's, here's why I, I, I've gone to, to describing it as entities because it covers a lot more different things. And I'll, I'll give you an example. I'm going to do a little bit of show and tell here. I think Myron just left, guys. He's coming back. He's getting a book. Okay. So, So this is why I advocate for the idea of entities. Because this book right here is very important to me. This is the Blue Jackets manual. This is the manual that they gave me in my... Uh, gear kit and Navy boot camp in 1995. This tells you everything that you need to know to operate on the ship. This book is irreplaceable, so much so that I have two other copies on the bookshelf right next to it. And of course, I have the digital copy. I use Entity because I would hurt people for Mm. this book. This book is more special to me 
than a lot of people. And that is autism, at least for me. And so yeah. that's why I use no, entity because that encompasses any number of entities that share energy in this existence. And I think yeah. it's very beautiful. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I think it's really interesting, like, when we try to understand ourselves, we put ourselves into these, like, definitions or, like, I always call them buckets, you know, like, I am queer, I, you know, am Canadian, like, these little definers Mm -hmm. and i'm wondering for you if if you know having these like titles or buckets that you can see other people in or understand of yourself if that's helpful to you or if that is hindering to you when you're on this like path of self-discovery it's really helpful for me it's helpful because like it's it's like i'm getting the rest of my user manual so like okay so like for example i have always been intimidated by male bosses and I didn't know why. I thought it was just because I had a very adversarial relationship with males. Mm. But think about, think about the males that rise, the people that rise in corporate America. The people that rise the most are typically gorgeous. That's an interesting observation. Attractive people are paid more. They're promoted quicker. Uh, attractive people, in my experience, have been more likely to have enough to have enough political capital in organizations to be able to leverage a person like myself. And so I generally have only been able to be hired by people who had a lot of influence. And those people typically were very attractive men. And I was unsettled. I thought that I just didn't like males. I didn't trust males. But actually, now I know I'm queer, it's just that I'm flustered. Because for the last 30 years, I've been (laughs) receiving training every year on how to comport myself professionally when there's an attractive woman. But no one gets training on how to comport themselves professionally when there's an attractive them or an attractive him in the room. Interesting. That is a very interesting observation. And so now I'm not afraid. Like, I literally, I can have male friends now. That is how yeah. significant that was. Because now you have an understanding. It seems like there's a theme through everything that we've talked about is once you, Myron, have an understanding about yourself, like once that light bulb goes on, you are then able to build something so that you can make it work. Yes. Is yes. that a fair assessment? Yes. And so I saw, so like that's the key to it. When you figure out your rule book, you actually figure out the way to solve problems. Me, 
I learned that I'm a mastermind type. And so I solve my problems like a mastermind. Well, then you can put it, you know how to take any situation and put it through the mastermind filter. Yeah. And I I think what's really interesting about what you're saying here, Myron, is this isn't just a conversation that applies to anyone who is neurodivergent. This is a conversation that applies to absolutely every single person on the earth. Yeah. If you don't know who you are, you're flailing. Right. Like in, in, and once you know something about yourself, like I know that if I start getting into the sugar and I start eating really badly, I know my anger goes up. I know I, I start to to be a lot more like hot headed and there's a cycle that happens of negativity. I know that about myself. And then it becomes a choice. And so what you're saying, like it's just you're just doing it at a higher level because of your neuro neurodivergency is that the right way to say it? Yeah. Ness, um, however that word's supposed to end. I like but, neurodivergitude. Ooh, I love that because of your neurodivergitude, yeah. like you have to do it at a higher level because of your rice jar. I just put fourteen metaphors and just crammed them all into a blender, and then I hit we. I love it, but it's like that. That does seem like it, but it, it's something that everyone can learn from. That's why I think that's so interesting what you're saying. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I want to ask you this question. What does your life look like a year from now? Like, what would be different if you're able to systematize and like new light bulbs go off for you? What would be different? I will, I will be living life on casual mode. So in the morning, I'll wake up whenever I want and I'll have a summary of the two or three things that I'm going to do that day available. Um, my meetings are set up. There's like an automated like app or button that I can press that moves things when I need to move them. Um, I have a medication and a support team that are specifically tailored to me. Um, Mm. And I know the entire formula. I know the entire formula of what I can do. That's a fucking lofty goal, Myron, but I love it. Like knowing the entire formula for what you can do is, that feels like the $50 million question. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you know what? I always say, if you set a goal and you only get 85% of it, you get 85% more than if you did nothing. One of the things that I say is like, for most of my career, one of the challenges one of the challenges that you have when you're the smartest person in the room and you show up and you're, and you're a black guy, then mm-hmm. no one's going to believe you. They're, the white people are typically going to assume that you don't know. 
even though it's kind of ridiculous, but they will all assume typically that you're the one that doesn't know. And so most of these books, these degrees, this research has been me trying to figure out where I get my insights from and being gaslit for my entire career. That's why I was in burnout for five years because I did amazing things for the last company I worked for before I left the United States. And I was told, but you're just the manager of X. Yeah. Like be smaller, Myron, be smaller. Yeah, be smaller. And that's not, that's not an option for me anymore. So I'm not afraid to be the smartest yeah. person in the room anymore. And when, when people, that. they do this thing, they'll be like, hey, can you explain that to me? No, actually, no. If you don't know, I'm not going to help you. And if you prefer to only listen to visibly white knowledge, then you go and find it. I'm not going to provide that to you. And it's not my responsibility to make you look as smart as or smarter than me either. <laughs> and that's the energy. So, so now, instead of me automatically believing that it's my responsibility to educate everyone and do the impossible, um, I just accept that I am literally unbelievable. I've been literally unbelievable my entire career. Yeah. What I love about everything you're saying is, is that you're just saying, I'm going to name it, I'm going to claim it, and then I'm going to live into it. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's really important. I am putting 100% of my energy into, into owning what I am this year. Yeah. 100%. Because I will never accept feeling any other way than how I feel right now. I feel like what's in your future, Myron, are some uh, positivity tapes. <laughs> that we could all listen to affirmations that we could all be saying. Cause there are at least 10 things that you've said. I'm like, I should be saying that about myself. Why am I not saying that about, I mean, so it's really just wonderful the space you're stepping into and what you're claiming for yourself. And I have to say, I'm so glad that you led us like into this conversation and we got to just sit here and like pick it apart and walk through it. Even though, even though you left while I was saying that, I still am glad that we, <laughs> No, no. Just I hear you. I still have I'm my show and tell. I know. I'm just joking, on. Myron. But I'm just, I'm so thankful that you led us into this conversation because this has just been such a, a wonderful chat. It right. really has. Now, I, I want to, Robin, I want to do show and tell one more time. And I, I'm holding up a flag okay, here. Please do. When you hold up clarity, there's something special about it. You cognitively think it's going to be a normal thing. But when you. Mm. So, Steph, for those who are listening, what did I just do? Held up the pansexual flag? Yes, I did. Now, I will tell you, clarity feels like that. I went on Amazon. I searched DeviantArt to make sure that I had the, the latest representation of the pan, uh, demi-pansexual flag because they're evolving. There's no official agency. But there's something that happens, even though I ordered it from Amazon, even though I did all the research, when I got it, I held it up. That was a tearful moment. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, Robin? Yeah. Yeah. There's a claiming. I remember when I came out, the first thing I did was buy a flag. Right. That is like one of the first things that I have done only for myself. Yeah. And for my happiness. And I think most people experience it that way, but they don't know why it feels that way. 
That's what clarity means to me. Being able to own in to what I am fully. Amazing, Myron. I think that's beautiful. Really is. This whole chat has been beautiful. I just, I really appreciate you because I, I, I get a sense that based on what you said, like, you know, you prefer to be turned to the side, not having to hold the eye contact. We probably took a good cup out of your rice jar today. And I appreciate that you chose to give that to us and to spend that time with us. I really do. Oh, you're welcome, Robin. I, I will say, though, I actually have some tricks that I use as well that stow my energy. Mm. So for example, that, that does not surprise me. <laughs> I actually have a uh, post-it note on my monitor where I need to look to make eye contact with you. And my monitor is like 27 inches. So I have a lot of space yeah. to look around and make yeah. it seem natural without draining my energy. And, and you know what? Never be able to tell. Right. And, and that's again, like goes to your systematic clarity, approach. It's, right? It's, clarity it's so smart. It's so smart. Uh, I do hope that some people listening have takeaways that are how we can change to better adapt rather than how you can, you know, like you have all these systems and stuff so that you can exist in the world in a way that's comfortable for you. Um, but you spend a lot of your life trying to make it comfortable for the people around you, which is bullshit. And I yeah. hope that people listening at least some of them in positions of power can take little bits of this and understand that they yeah. can be doing things to make it more comfortable for people around them as well. Yes. This has been a great conversation, Robin uh, and Steph. Thank you so much. You have reached the well-adjusting expert of the day. Hi, my name is Lisa. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm a neurodivergent support coach. For anyone who is newly diagnosed with ADHD, autism, or anything that falls under the neurodivergent umbrella, there are a couple things that I really recommend. We need to give ourselves space to grieve. When we're diagnosed late in life, that means that we spent the majority of our life suppressing, masking, and feeling like we're somehow less of a human because of all of the struggles that we face as a neurodivergent person living in a neurotypical society. Number two would be seek support that feels safe and comfortable for you. This can look like hiring a coach, a neuroaffirming therapist, or joining a support group. There are so many negative thoughts and stories that we carry about ourselves and need a safe place to express what we're feeling and also hear from other people who have gone through the same thing. And number three would be to learn more about it. And this doesn't necessarily mean you have to buy books. You can look up YouTube videos, TikTok. You can find resources that helps you to understand this beautiful brain that you have. So if you're looking to build a system. Here is a couple of things that could be helpful for you. First would be kind of assessing where the pain points are in your life. And this can really look like, okay, I'm noticing a lot of resistance when I go to do this thing. I'm noticing a lot of anxiety when I go to do this thing, or I'm always forgetting to do X, Y, and Z. Number two, from these pain points, where can I ask for support. And, and this can look like a friend. This can look like a family member. This can look like your partner. But it can also be about 
looking outside of your home? What processes can we automate? What processes can I hire out? And fully recognizing that we don't always have access to funding to, to pay for all of these things, but maybe there's one thing that causes a significant amount of stress in your life that you can pay for. For example, if you struggle with cooking every day, hiring a meal delivery service. If you struggle with keeping on top of laundry, hiring that out. And while you're doing this evaluation, ask the thing that's causing these pain points for you, is this something that I actually have to do? Or is this something that I've been taught that I should be doing? Because there are many things neurodivergent people do because they feel like they should be, but it's not actually benefiting their lives in any way. Number three would be hiring someone to help you through this process, a systems coach, someone who can take all of this information with you and help you to build these safe and gentle systems in your life. And finally, I'd like to add, this journey is hard. There is a lot of grief involved. There is a lot of unpacking. There is a lot of unmasking. And for so many folks, it feels harder for a while before it actually feels easier because there is so much work involved in unlearning all of the things that we've been taught how to exist and then learning what our actual needs are and how we actually operate in this world. And as you unmask, people may not like this new version of you when you start setting boundaries, when you start asking for accommodations. And that's hard. That hurts. There's pain and there's grief involved in that process. And that's why I really suggest working with someone who can help you navigate this and so you're not doing it alone. I mean, I can honestly say I can see why Myron is such a big fan of Lisa. Thank you for all of that advice, Lisa. One last thought before we go. To me, my biggest takeaway from this chat is about active listening. Putting yourself in someone else's shoes instead of, you know, just like waiting for your turn to talk. You know, I definitely came into this interview thinking this was going to be a cool talk and, and maybe we would help Myron with some next steps. But you know what? Guess what? <laughs> Myron doesn't need my help, which, you know, is most people probably don't, but that's fine. Anyway, Myron is doing just fine all by himself. And in really listening to him, I learned so much. All right, folks, that is it for today. Thank you so much to Myron for sharing your journey and your story with us. And also thank you to Lisa for coming in and giving us even more expertise on the topic. For more Robin, and you may need that, you probably don't need it, but like if you do, you can follow me at Real Rob Hops on all the platforms, all the socials, as the kids today say. Well Adjusting is an edit audio original, exec produced by Steph Colburn and Robin Hopkins. Thank you to Maria Passingham, Kathleen Speckert, and the whole edit audio team. Oh, hey, before you take out those AirPods, this show is just for entertainment. If you are in need of help, please, please, please reach out to a professional. Go ahead and get that help. You deserve it.